Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lilia Gustin, empowerment coach, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things empowered lifestyle and self discovery. You'll hear from both me and amazing guests who are shining their light into the world through their unique magic, stories, wisdom, and methods to guide you deeper into your unique and fullest expression. We are empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. If you love what you hear, please reach out to me or leave a review. I'm so excited for you to come join us in this corner of the universe. This is the Empowering the Light podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are diving into the third part of this three-part cyclical living and seasonal living series that Haley Warner and I did over on her IGTV lives. And after realizing how amazing these conversations were, we decided to pop them here on the podcast. So this episode might sound different from what you generally hear here on the Empowering the Light podcast and what you'll hear in the future. But we thought these conversations were just so packed with amazing information and insight and wisdom that we wanted them to be accessible for you, easily findable. Um, and yeah, so that you could easily listen to this while you're going about your day instead of having to scroll through Instagram to find it. So today we're diving into part three. This is going to be the last part that I'm posting here on the podcast. And we're diving into the idea of embodiment. What is embodiment? What is embodiment when we're looking at it from the perspective of living inside out? How does inner work play a role into embodiment? This is going, and we're going to cover embodiment practices too. This is going to be such a beautiful episode to listen to wherever you are in your day whatever you're doing. And I can't wait for you to dive in. If you enjoy this episode, let us know, share it on Instagram, send me or Haley a DM. I'll put her Instagram in the show notes here. We're here to love on you and support you and help you find embodiment practices that work best for you. Because it really is when we step into this role of embodying these theories or these ideas or these expressions of ourselves, each person is going to find an embodiment practice that feels juicy and amazing and expressive for them. And it's going to be very unique for you. Your embodiment practices are going to be very unique for you and what will support you. So if you ever have any questions about embodiment, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We are here to help you find practices that feel great, expressive, joyful, playful, um, and really do support you in every aspect of your life. So instead of me talking more, <laughs> because I will keep talking, <laughs> I'm going to send you guys over to this episode and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. And I'm so glad that you're here listening. So I'm sending you so much love. Let's get into the episode. Hi everyone, it's Haley. I'm here soon to be with Lilia to um, talk all about embodiment practices. We both love embodiment practices and they're a huge part of what in a living can mean. And so um, we're going to just get into like some of our favorite practices, practices for the seasons. Yay, she is. Cool. Oh, Lila, sorry, it took me a second to, to get on there. But hi, everybody. Sorry, I interrupted. Keep going, Haley. That was such a beautiful uh, introduction. No, all good. Hey, Lauren, glad you're here again. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just, you know, saying we're going to talk about embodiment today, practices that we both love to do. Um, both of us have a background as dancers, so we've been working with the body for a long time, but I'm sure... Both of us have seen the shift from like ballet to embodiment and how different they can be. And also like you can bring embodiment into ballet and then it's really cool. But anyway, that's another conversation. 
Hi. Good to Hi, see everybody. <laughs> yeah. So if you have any questions about embodiment or some of your favorite practices, put them in the chat. I know Lauren here is an acrobat, and so she's got all kinds of body practices. Um, but yeah, I think let's just start with um, what is embodiment? Like, what does that mean? We hear that a lot. We see it a lot. Um, I'm curious what your your definition of it is. Oh, I love this. And I think everyone you ask is going to have a different definition of what yeah. embodiment means for them, which is so empowering, too, because you have sovereignty and the choice you make around what that actually means for you. But for me, embodiment is bringing the intangible into the tangible in how you engage and interact with your life. So if we're looking at, yeah, so if we're like looking at how you express yourself, I mean, we can read all the books on self-development, right? We can read all the books, we can have all the knowledge, but we don't actually see the results of it until we start living intimately with that wisdom in our day-to-day -day life. And that ends up being a beautiful process of actually embodying all that you know, acting from it, uh, letting yourself reprogram your root beliefs around how you want to show up for yourself, actually taking those actions that are aligned with what feels aligned and right for you and, and starting to bring that into reality versus just off of a book. So for me, embodiment practices really are that living intimately with that knowledge and wisdom you have and actually engaging with it on a day-to-day -day basis. Damn, yeah. Wow, you went to like a whole different world of embodiment that like, of course, is so important. I'm glad that you brought that up. Because I was really like, when I think of embodiment, for me, it's very much like connecting your mind and your body. So like listening to the information your body has for you, learning how to do that, learning how to like, not just live up in your head all the time, but like drop down. Um, but it's connected, right? Like both of those are so connected because it's like the daily practice of the things that you're trying to bring into your life is also living a little bit more rooted into your body. Um, yeah. Ooh, this is going to be a juicy conversation. <laughs> I love that. And honestly, I think that we just said the same thing in two different words, like in, two, in different semantics. Yeah. It's, it was so empowering to hear you just say that because it really is like going from just being in your mind, which can be very intangible, and we have lots of thoughts, lots of frequencies moving around and actually rooting them into, okay, how can I get into my body? How can I get into the tangible aspect of living? And that's amazing. I love it. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess um, what is one practice that you do daily that helps incorporate embodiment, like helps weave it in? Yes. Small daily practice. Small daily practice. Okay, this is my favorite daily practice that I give all my clients. I also do this myself, is to sit with whatever beverage you drink in the morning, whether that's water, tea, like hot water, coffee, cacao, whatever it is you drink in the morning, and just be, be fully present in the experience of drinking it. So often we can wake up and our mind goes straight to, okay, I need to do that. I need to do that. What's my to-do list? What am I starting off this morning? Oh, I, I wanted to fit this in in my diet. But if you give yourself just 
10 seconds, it only takes 10 seconds to take a sip of that beverage and be fully present with it, it all of a sudden drops you out of your mind into your body and you're able to listen to yourself on a deeper level. And it only takes 10 seconds. It's like the most magical practice to really get down into your body to start listening to that connection between your mind, body, and soul just by living fully present with whatever you're drinking. And it honestly brings in a whole new level of reality for yourself because instead of living on autopilot or on, I like to call it the hamster wheel of life where you just like keep running and you're not actually going anywhere, you all of a sudden drop down and you're like, wow, life is so magical. Like I get to drink this coffee that how many people like worked to get it into my life and how it came from the earth and now it makes my body feel this way and it tastes this way and it gives me this sensation when I drink it and all of a sudden life gets brighter when we take that moment to pause with what we're doing and live intimately with it so that is like my favorite embodiment practice right there that drops you out of your mind into your body and involves what you do every day which is either eating or drinking something in the morning yeah yeah took the words right out of my mouth I have hot water every morning and like have that little moment and that has become so important to me to like clear my body out to drop in to have a moment to myself to feel the warmth to notice Mm -hmm. like what am I hungry for rather than just like making the same thing every day um yeah I think one that I do as well is like a breathing practice it's not always in the morning but it's like and I say breathing practice like it's this big thing it's not it's literally taking a deep breath (laughs) it's not like I'm doing like a full Korea or like you know anything intense um but just like noticing what's the smell of the space like how is my body feeling how open are my lungs like do I have tension in my chest just like it's kind of like a stress check-in too I think especially with like COVID and like all the transitions that we've all been experiencing over the past year and a half just being like how am I actually feeling today are there any grief triggers? Am I feeling extraordinarily positive and energized? Is there lingering stress of something that I haven't like brought my attention to? And just like taking a deep breath, letting myself settle, noticing how my muscles are responding can give me a lot of information into like, maybe I need to take something off my schedule today. Maybe I need to like prioritize and take like my dog on a walk before I do work or after like just helps me kind of set up what type of schedule is going to be best for me um just checking in with like how my literal like chest neck muscles and like breath is traveling in that moment oh I love that breathing is I feel like when we start talking about embodiment practices not only I love how you brought in stress because pretty much whatever embodiment practice you're going to do, it it takes you back into your present moment, which will take you out of a stress reaction state. So if you're feeling anxious about the future, coming into your body through an embodiment practice will help you become more present and help you relieve some of that stress and anxiety. So they can be, there's so powerful, not only to connect to ourselves, but also to help us support our, our, um, our nervous system and support our mind and help us consciously choose and rechoose how we experience our reality from a very aware state. And that's one of the, the amazing power of embodiment practices right there. And breathing, breathing takes you right to the core of that, right? Your, yeah. 
your own inner peace is never further away from your breath. I think a lot of times yeah. we look for things outside of ourselves and we're like, when I have this reality, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to feel that freedom and peace. But when, what ends up happening is then we slip into, this is a total tangent, but I'll wrap it back around. We slip into desire, right? And when we slip into desire, yeah. then we get that thing and we want something else. We realize we're not fulfilled by it because that fulfillment comes from within us. That fulfilled peace and fulfillment comes from within our body, within our mind, within our soul. So when you take a deep breath, you're giving yourself space to drop down into that, right? So not only are you embodying and letting go of that stress, but you're also giving yourself space to sink into your lasting happiness instead of reaching for all this other stuff that's around you. It's never um, further away from just taking a nice deep breath. So I love that practice. It is like tenfold. There's so many powerful aspects of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I want to kind of connect back to what you started with, with your definition, because I find myself like struggling with that a lot. Sorry. I decided I didn't want to go inside, but it might be noisy. <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I know a lot of people who are either working on like their anti-racism or they're like identifying a lot of things about themselves that they don't necessarily love, or they're like, seeing things that they'd like to bring into their life and it's hard work and that like desire piece is a little tangled into that too of like oh I could be like this I could be like that I could be like this and then I feel like a lot of us get really judgy to towards ourselves really critical towards ourselves and it becomes this like block this like paralyzing like I'm never good enough I'm never going to achieve the person that I want to be and so that's where I think these embodiment practices are so critical because like we are always going to be growing forever as humans. But if we never stop and drop into where we are now, we're going to feel dissatisfied always. Yeah. And I've, I've cycled into that a lot. And so I'm curious, maybe not a small daily practice, but are there any like larger practices that you do that help kind of work with that tug, you know, that back and forth that our mind can experience as we're going through self-growth and self-development. Yes. Oh, definitely. And this is something that so many people, like all of us experience this at some point in our life or have a journey of it. And just if you're listening to this, know that wherever you are on your inner work journey, like wherever, whatever you're navigating emotionally, whatever you're navigating towards yourself or others, you're exactly where you're meant to be. And, and you have choices around how you, how you navigate and move through that. But know that no matter where you are, you are always whole and complete. You are always worthy of love. You're always worthy of respect. And this just gets to be your journey where you are right now. And that's powerful. There's no hierarchy of where you should be on your journey or like, this is better than that. Each has a different experience. Like if you're moving through a lot of self-judgment, yeah, the consequences of that are going to look different than if you were moving through a lot of self-acceptance, but it doesn't mean that one is better than the other. It just means the your experience within them is going to be different and wherever you are is perfect and that is your journey today that is your journey this week that is your journey in this lifetime so give yourself permission before we get into this embodiment aspect to just sink down and be like okay i'm exactly where i need to be i'm moving at the pace i need to move at and i get to just be consciously aware of how i continually move forwards um so that can really help just kind of sinking down and realizing that there's no judgment is rooted in 
there's a right or a wrong. That's kind of what triggers our self-judgment when we take that out of the equation and realize that we can choose the consequences we have instead of it being like, this is right and this is wrong. It's like, this has this consequence and this has this consequence. Which one would I like to choose? Which one would I like to move towards? And then you have that sovereign choice to be aware and be like, you know what? I don't like the consequences of my current mental state right now. So I'm going to move to a state that I do enjoy those consequences, that that feels good for me. Um, so when we start talking about golden shadows, which is what Haley just described, which was so po uh, powerful. And I love that you brought that topic up. A golden shadow is when we project our ideal state onto other people and we see it in other people. So we do this a lot with like celebrities too, right? We're like, oh my gosh, their life is so perfect. They have the house, they have the money, they have the career. Like I will never be able to do that. You're, con you're giving away your autonomy and your empowerment to this like idolized image of somebody. And we see this even on a, a smaller scale, right? When we're moving through hard emotional things, like we see people who are maybe in an emotional state we want to be in and we see them and we start to kind of put them on a pedestal and be like, well, I'm not going to be able to get there. And self-judgment kicks in and it's like, well, what am I doing wrong? Or why am I not able to get there at the moment? And, and we start moving through that and putting them constantly on this pedestal. And the ironic part of this, and this is where this all wraps back in, the ironic part of this is that you would not see those qualities in that person if you didn't already have them in yourself. So all the golden shadows you're projecting onto people around you or situations or emotional states or physical states or material wealth that you want, you would not see that in other people if you didn't actually have that within yourself. So when we start talking about embodiment practices, if you notice yourself doing that, know that a lot of times this happens without your awareness. A lot of times this happens in your subconscious. So when you notice it pop into your awareness, when you notice it happening, it can be very powerful to observe and be like, okay, I see that that is what I want. I see that they have these qualities that I would like to embody. Now I get to realize that I wouldn't see that in them unless I had them myself. So my, your job then is to like grab them and bring them back inside you, which is when taking a deep breath ties it all together, right? When you take a deep breath, you come back into your body. You come back into your autonomy. You have awareness around your body, your mind, and your soul. And you're able to bring those, that embodiment back into who you are. And then that takes a lot of inner work. So a larger practice, like Kaylee was saying, of maybe not a daily practice, but like what is a, a larger practice you can do is we ha all have these root program beliefs that, that we learned or that were modeled to us from children. Um, a belief could be that, um, a, like a more extreme example would be like, I'm not lovable because maybe someone yelled at you as a child. It can be that small, like one small thing happening as a child can make you have this defense mechanism of, okay, I'm not lovable apparently because they yelled at me. Even if it was their stuff, it was their, their things they were projecting onto you, but we have a tendency to make everything mine, especially as children. Like that's, that's how our body and our ego protects itself, right? It, it takes everything in as this is about me so that I can assimilate into this environment better. So a bigger, beautiful embodiment practices is to look at what are those root program beliefs that are kind of running your life right now? What, what is your mind actually trying to tell you? Or like what's behind these projections or these thoughts? And then giving yourself time to sit down and realize that 
look back at who first kind of modeled that to you or what trauma brought that into your life and reconcile it. You don't need to go through it again. We're not trying to relive traumas, but you get to be like, oh, that was theirs. They were projecting that onto me. That's not actually mine. Uh, what is my truth is this. And you kind of put them side by side. You write them side by side. This was theirs. They projected onto me that I wasn't lovable. Actually, I am so completely and amazing and lovable. And then you start noticing when you have these triggers in your life, these hard, difficult shadow works coming up, you get to look at this list and be like, okay, what root program is this coming from? You already have your beautiful list here. And then you get to do, okay, how do I want to consciously rechoose this? How do I want to act from this new belief I'm writing? And that gets to be an embodiment practice that really works through a lot of inner work. That was super long tangent. Um, <laughs> but that's a very yeah. empowering practice to do so that you're consciously aware of, of what beliefs you're then acting on so that you can embody your truth, not what other people thought you were. Yeah. You feel so like you were. In there, I have like three fingers because I'm like holding them. So I remember <laughs> the first thing I want to like respond to that because there's so much juiciness in what all of Lilia just said <laughs> that accepting yourself where you are on your journey is very powerful. And I want to be clear because I kind of put a few things together and it can be a little confusing. So where your mind at, where your inner work is, this internal dialogue, this internal experience of the outer world, that is always perfect. That is always where you need to be. External actions have judgments, have rights and wrongs. And so I mentioned your anti-racism journey. Where you are in your head is where you're meant to be processing. What you're doing in the world has consequence has right and wrong and so being clear that in this conversation that we're talking through we're talking about your inner experience because embodiment is about what's in your head what are you feeling not necessarily what are you doing that can come later as you rewrite these truths and, and your so, actions come from come from what you're feeling and what you're doing. So that inner work, the actions that are coming from that are coming directly from that inner work of yours. So as you do your inner work, your actions are going to be changing too, and you get to choose the consequence of those actions, exactly. which is a very powerful, sovereign choice that you have in your life. Yeah. And so the next two things that I want to highlight is that these embodiment practices, whether it's feeling into your feet, whether it's breathing slower, whether it's noticing, it's about slowing down. So like we have so much urgency. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to go here. I have to be this way. And we want it to happen really fast. Even like our mindset switches, we want it to happen really fast. And it doesn't work like that because embodiment's all about slowing down into the process. And so embodiment can literally be anything that you're doing it could be gardening it could be a mindfulness practice it could be dance it could be painting like whatever lights you up allowing yourself to slow down feel into how you're feeling notice it you know not do anything about it right away that's like the magic of embodiment is being able to like process and be with the world that you're in be with the body that you're in be with the thoughts that are coming up um, and there's lots of ways to help you do that because that can be really hard. Um, and then that slowing down and that processing and especially the like rewriting these truths, like naming like this belongs to that person. This belongs to me. 
helps you grow into a better version of yourself so that in the future, you know, I, I love this idea of being a good ancestor, being like, this has happened in my lineage. It doesn't have to belong to me. I don't have to claim that. I can act differently. I can do something differently. That's that like, that like being like, okay, I don't want this to belong to me. I'm going to do something different about it to like stop this, you know, harm that has happened through my line to, you know, I don't have to be my parent. I don't have to be, you know, the pieces of my parent that I don't like. I can claim all of the beauty that they've offered me and I can like rewrite the things that don't, I don't love <laughs> so that when I'm parenting friends, kids, nieces, nephews, you know, students, I can have all the goodness that I've learned and I can add in the pieces that I'm consciously choosing, you know, and that's a beautiful process of like writing the narrative, claiming what's yours, you know, and if you do have something that's yours being like, okay, I see that about myself and I'm going to choose to rewrite that. I'm going to choose to shift that. I may have caused harm in the past, but I don't have to in the future. I see it. I own it. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to move slow. I'm not going to judge myself for it because it taught me, it brought me to where I am now, you know, and now I can write it in, pause in moments that trigger me. So I don't have to continue this. Mm -hmm. um, embodiment is so juicy and how it can rewrite everything. You know, we, we create a lot of our experiences or at least we, the way we react to our experiences are, our story, you know, it's what pulls the plot forward and we get to choose those reactions, you know? And on that topic too, like all of this that we're talking about, I know Haley was saying like, none of this is easy and it's true. It, all of this takes a lot, immense self courage, right? It takes yeah. us being willing to step into our own response, self responsibility of our inner beliefs. It takes us having the courage to look into those rejected aspects of ourselves, ourselves, which is that shadow work those aspects of ourselves that we don't want to look at and reconcile that we just kind of shove into our subconscious. It, but with that said, if you are on this journey, you get to know you're already moving through courage. Like if you're here listening to this, you wouldn't be listening to this right now. If you weren't at a place where you are ready to step deeper into all of this. So it's really empowering to realize that as you start self reflecting, as you start taking self responsibility over the internal beliefs that are then what your actions then flow from you like Haley said you get to rewrite your life from your choice not from the choices of other people who projected things onto you and autopilot uh trigger responses that your subconscious wants to put you through all the time you actually have conscious awareness and choice over how you experience your reality and the second part of this too is as we said like this takes a lot of courage and self-responsibility and self-reflection we can also bring a lot of compassion into those around us when we start embracing our own embodiment, because when we see people doing actions that we don't necessarily agree with, we can hold a little bit more self-compassion, realizing that they have inner work that they haven't become aware of yet. Their actions are flowing from their root program beliefs, right? They haven't had the awareness or been introduced to the idea of inner work yet to rewrite those beliefs. They're just on an autopilot response right now. They're just getting triggered right and left. And we can hold compassion for that and know that they're yeah. on their journey of needing to rewrite those beliefs, which rewrite their actions, but that that is not our journey for them. That is their journey. That is their responsibility. That is their role to step into for themselves. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that for them. But 
we can do our own inner work, which causes a ripple effect because it changes our embodiment actions. It changes the way we think. We no longer project our trauma onto other people and we have a ripple effect in the world. So when we go into embodiment practices and we actually turn our gaze inward, so we turn our gaze inward and drop down into our body and start embodying that which we are thinking, we embody that which is our truth, we have a huge impact on everybody around us, even if we can't see it right away. So that can be another level to that as well. Yeah, that compassion piece is so important because I feel like as I was on my journey, I moved through these like different stages. And there's definitely a stage where I was like, oh, I'm doing this so I'm better, you know, and that's not compassion. (laughs) I could like see that they had work to do, but I was still in this judgment place. But then I was able to like take it a step further because I was still judging myself, right? That's why that was coming out. And then now I get to be in this beautiful place of like, dang, what they said like really hurt, but they're moving through hurt. And I don't have to claim that. I don't have to react to that. I can have compassion knowing that that's where they're at. And I can choose to move away and like what I need for me. Um, and it, it has no judgment. It has no, I'm better than them. You know, it's like, I've been there. I see it. I don't need to claim it. I don't need to fix it, but I can choose my reaction to this, which is to move this way. And that all takes a lot of slowing down. <laughs> it's a lot of slowing down and, and there's a time and place for everything. So when we start looking into <laughs> inner work is an embodied practice in itself. When we start diving <laughs> deeper into inner work and the themes of consciousness, if you're interested in moving through inner work, there's different stages that we move through within our emotional processing that are healthy for us if we were in a stage prior to that. So an example would be if you were in pride where you were saying like, well, I am better than them or like I'm doing something that's better than them. That aspect of comparison, if you before had been hurt or shamed or judged, that is actually a healthy progression emotionally. Mm-hmm. So there's always a time that there's, it's always uh, relative to where you were. So in order to get into courage and compassion, you had to move through that pride. That was a, a emotional processing stage that was necessary for you to jump into compassion and courage. So there's always when, and that understanding that can really help with our own self judgment when we're moving through emotions and it kind of stepping into our embodiment, because when we realize that we're not going to be able to jump from like feeling judged or judging others all of a sudden into a place of bliss and love, like maybe some people can do that, but generally that isn't going to work when you're processing emotions. And instead you kind of shove a lot of that into your subconscious and don't actually heal it when that happens. So, and that's kind of the the love and light movement, which is like everyone's in bliss and love all the time. Then you don't actually reconcile these shadows that are actually running your life, but there (laughs) is a healthy progression. So it's all relative, um, which can really help when we step into our embodiment and pause and observe what's going on in our body and our mind to understand, okay, this actually is a step up from where I, not a step up, but this is a progression of where I was emotionally. What is my next progression? Where do I want to move from here? Which would then be courage and compassion. So it gets to be this beautiful journey. And that's when we say, wherever you are on your inner work journey is perfect. You're always moving through a progression. You're always moving to the next Mm -hmm. step. You get triggered and go into another one. And then you move through that. It's all relative. It all has a time and place, especially in the healthy expression. And that's a whole different conversation. Healthy expressions of emotions, a whole nother conversation. Um, But yes, it all starts with pausing. It all starts with slowing down, 
not acting on an autopilot response and getting into your body, which is where embodiment practices, oh, that's when they get juicy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That reframe was so beautiful. I'd never had anyone frame it to me like that. And so in my mind, that wants to move really fast, even though I know embodiment is slow. I'm like, oh, I recognized it. So I'm already there, right? You know, without having to go through the progressions and like onion layers of what that means, you know, mm -hmm. like, I guess, you know, the, the step processes that are out there for folks, like the first step is recognition. And then I just want to be at like acceptance, <laughs> but it takes, oh. takes time. It takes continual checking in with yourself, breathing, you know, so I kind of want to shift the conversation a little bit because we're here to talk about seasonal and cyclical living. Yes. I, yes. um, Lilia is offering some more intensive cyclical tracking intensives, which is super cool. And I'm offering my seasonal intensive, which is going to start in June. And both of these are ways that you can work through your inner seasons and your outer seasons. And so what, is, what does embodiment have to do with that, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Um, first off, I'd love to hear your response of how you feel embodiment plays into seasonal living. Yeah, totally. So for me, um, seasonal living is so much about learning about yourself and learning about how you uniquely respond to each season as they come up. And so when I first talk with folks, you know, I start by saying like, you know, are you always burnt out in summer? Or like, if you go on a vacation, when you come back, do you feel like you need another vacation because you're so tired or like in autumn, do you always start to have seasonal affective disorder? Or do you always start to, you know, feel a particular way? And just notice those things. If they're negative, know that they don't have to exist in every season. If they're positive, notice the things that are supporting that positive reaction to the season. And then we start to dive into it and get juicy, right? Because like once you start noticing what is coming up for you, and I can help you identify that with you know questions and prompting, um, then you can start to identify what are the supports that are going to help you through each season? What are the shifts and changes that you need to have for yourself to be able to really thrive in all of the seasons that we can experience rather than just writing off a whole three months of the year every year being like, ah, oh, it always sucks. I hate that season. I always get allergies or I always have this. It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> But um, it's part of that, like, slowing down. It's using embodiment, using mindfulness to identify, to settle, to kind of, like, look around and actually be in that season, maybe for the first time ever, where you're like, okay, it's summer. How do I feel? How is this different than spring? You know, what does it feel like when I'm in the sun for two hours? What does it feel like when I'm in the sun for eight hours? What do I need in those moments? And some of the answers are obvious and some of them aren't so obvious, but once you notice, it's like that recognizing that, you know, with inner work, it's like recognizing and then you have to go through the layers of it. With outer work, it's a little bit easier, <laughs> I think, than inner work because you can recognize it and then you can start kind of testing like a scientist, like, oh, if I have this type of food, how do I feel? Oh, if I have that type of food, how do I feel? Um, luckily, Ayurveda gives us a lot of guidance around it. And so 
once you know how you respond, that can give us clues into your unique makeup. And then once we know that, that can give us clues into what things are going to support you. Um, but the magic of embodiment, kind of rambling now, but the magic of embodiment comes up when those things aren't so stock standard. Like you could be like, oh, I have a lot of fire in the summer. I get burnt out. I need to be inside in the hottest part of the day. But then you might experience something different. You might not be having a fire imbalance and actually the hottest part feels good and you can eat more and, you know, like then maybe you're in balance or maybe you're experiencing something different altogether than what I'm saying. But when you're able to notice what you're experiencing, we're able to identify what you need. And then it goes from seasonal to your balance, your unique balance all of the time, you know, weekly, daily, hourly, minutely, you know, and you can start to really curate your life with all of these beautiful tools with all of the information you need, outer information and inner information. Um, and that is the magic piece. You know, we start outwards and we move inwards. We're still working with our, like how we respond to the world, how we're feeling, not necessarily like the inner stuff that comes after you get the outer stuff down. Um, but yeah, the embodiment allows you to really drop in and address stress as it comes up, sickness before it happens. You know, it's like, it's like the magic preventative medicine is embodiment. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, I love that. It really is like an integration. Like you said, it, it's integrating your experience in life and, and being fully present with it and really letting yourself sink down into it. And I was just thinking as you were talking, first off, that was amazing with seasonal living. And it really is, it ends up being a, a like a daily practice, right? Then you, it kind of takes it out of the context of I'm doing this in a season to like, actually, how can I find balance every day? Like, how can I just have that inner knowing to embody that balance? And that plays so beautifully into inner season embodiment too, which a, a beautiful way to like tangibly practice embodiment within your inner seasons is to have some sort of routine whether it's a morning routine evening routine midday routine something that helps you get into your body like we were talking about earlier whether that's dancing or doing yoga or taking deep breaths or just closing your eyes or drinking your tea something that helps you be present in your body but then let it shift so just like Haley was saying with finding balance in each inner season I mean each outer season like the seasons what serves you in one isn't necessarily going to serve you in the other, which I loved that you, you pointed that out, Haley. And it's, we get to practice that on a monthly basis as well within our own inner season. So what's going to happen is if you find yourself having these embodiment habits or trying to create habits of getting deeper into your body, and then you do it for a while and all of a sudden it doesn't feel right and you just quit. If you feel that happening, <laughs> It might be because you're not actually letting those embodiment practices shift with you in your inner season. So an mm. example of this would be like, maybe you love getting out of your mind and into your body through doing like a cardio workout. Just throwing out an example here. Well, that's great in your inner summer or in the season where you are most energized. But when you go into a season, an inner season of rest, that's probably not going to serve your body. And it's probably going to feel really frustrating and doesn't feel good and then you'll just quit and not do it right instead you can let that shift with you so maybe in those seasons of rest your embodiment routine that day is to just sit and breathe and do nothing is to just be in this amazing life and body that you have the gift of being in to just be without having to go do 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 maybe that is your embodiment practice 
or maybe in the inner season where all of a sudden your energy is rising again. For a lot of people, this is inner spring, but not for everyone. Maybe in that inner season where your energy is rising again, you do a gentle movement practice. Like you do dance and you get into your body, something that doesn't exhaust you, but helps you move all that energy through your body as it starts getting heightened. You, shifting your embodiment practices in your inner seasons helps you not only stay consistent with them, but they're actually going to serve you, right? They're actually going to support your body and help you find balance instead of whacking you out of balance because you're trying to do something that doesn't actually serve your body, which ties directly into what Haley was saying, that those things that feel great in one, inner, in one season, they don't need to transition into other seasons if they don't serve you in that. And what does, you get to play with and explore. So as you sink into these practices that really get you in the bo your body. Those were only a few. There's literally like thousands of practices. You can pull from yoga. You can pull from mindfulness things. You can pull from Ayurveda. Like you can pull from workouts. Like there's so many things that help you get into your body and can be very quick. Like they can be 10 seconds. They can be two hours. Um, but once you start playing with what feels good for you, you get to honor the shifts of how they actually support you in your body from a month to month basis and from a season to season basis. So, yeah. yeah, that can really help stay consistent with embodiment practices as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we thought we were going to do embodiment practices here, but I think the context around them is more helpful because in cyclical and seasonal living, it's so much about your autonomy, your agency, your sovereignty to be able to choose what's going to serve you versus, like we said, that like, automatic pilot that hamster wheel of life oh i do my workout in the morning i do my meditation at night and this is what i do every day and it looks the same every cycle i'm in every season i'm in and then we feel discontent we don't feel filled up or you know in our power even it's like being able to know the tools like oh there's all these different things i can pull from how am i feeling what's showing up what do I need for preventative medicine? How am I going to feel next week knowing my cycles, knowing the seasons that are coming up? What, what can I do to support me later? What can I do to support me now? And then choosing, you know, choosing from all of these beautiful tools. Um, I think that's a different type of embodiment than we normally see all the time. Um, you know, cause lots of people can give you stuff, but the magic that Lily and I are excited about is like, what are you choosing? You know, your ability to choose what's going to work well for you is far more important to us than just giving you something that we think is helpful. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree. And I, I think that when we start getting into that conversation of embodiment, like you're right, there's a lot of things out there. That's kind of like a one size fits all do this. You'll feel better. You'll feel embodied. But it, everything like we were just talking about with inner work is relative, right? It's relative yeah. to where you are. If you are feeling a lot of heat in your body, doing a heated practice is probably not going to serve you. But your next, what would be the next progression for you to help you find balance? And um, I can give an example of this too. So when I, I get sensory overload in my inner fall, which is my premenstrual phase, I get extreme sensory overload. If I'm overstimulated, like with technology or lights or sounds, I, the energy that courses through my body feels so overwhelming that the only way I know how to expel it before, before embodiment, before the only way I knew how to expel it was through a panic attack and was through hyperventilating and get that energy out of my body. 
Now, though, now that I understand what serves me through embodiment practices, now I can find balance in that. So I feel that hectic energy moving through my body. I can catch it before it gets to the point of a panic attack. And instead, I put on noise-canceling headphones. I turn off some of my, ses my senses. I turn down the lights. I get under blankets. or I have my partner hug me. And I just breathe. And it gets me... It not only helps me calm the energy in my body, but it gets me out of my mind. It gets me t into a soothing place. And I'm able to move through that experience without having a hyperventilating panic attack, um, which before I welcomed because I was like, this helps me. This is getting this yeah. energy through my system. I now have a new tool. I now have a new embodiment practice to help me move through that energy in a way that like from a sovereign choice perspective feels right for me right, right. maybe that it might not if you go through this experience you'll find what feels good for you what choice what practice feels good for you but that was an example of balancing so I felt chaotic energy so I needed to pause and slow that down I needed to breathe slowly I needed to turn off some of my senses another example would be if you're feeling really hot, <laughs> like maybe doing Kapalabhati breathing where you're pushing a lot of air and fire into your body, that's probably not going to help you find balance. It's an embodiment practice, but it's not actually going to serve you in the, in the experience you're going through. But maybe doing something like Satali breathing where you turn your tongue into a taco shape and breathe through that. Yeah. See, I can't do that. So I breathe through my teeth. Oh, like this. Okay. <laughs> That's going to help you cool down your body. So finding these embodiment practices and looking at like, okay, how do they make me feel? And how can I honor that? And how can I bring that into the experiences that need that balance? And I think this is an area, Haley, where Ayurveda comes in so handy, not handy, but it's so beautiful um, and really helps serve you in understanding your embodiment practices because you get to work with the elements, um, yeah. which is amazing. And if this sounds overwhelming, if these practices Lily is saying are like unfamiliar to you, like that's what we're here for. If you start doing the magic work of identifying what you're experiencing and being able to articulate it, then we can be like, okay, awesome. Like here's a ton of things for when you're feeling that. Here's a ton of things you can try for when you're feeling this. And then you get to try those on and decide which ones you like. Um, but that's the we just studying for you. Yeah, we, we, did, we did all the studying for it. <laughs> and we love to give you options, you know, rather yeah. than giving a one size fits all, having teaching you how to turn inward with compassion, going through these progressions, being able to feel into whatever you're experiencing. And then we're here to offer you like all these tools to support that. Um, so, yeah, I my phone's like going to die soon. To close it. Um, but thank you all for listening. I hope this was helpful. Please feel free to reach out to either of us. If you're curious about outer seasons, inner seasons, if you're like, I'm experiencing this one thing and I've tried a ton of stuff and nothing really seems to help. We might have something that could support you. Um, so please reach out and Lilia, when is your, um, intensives your like cyclical intensive starting when are you opening up space for that space is just opened up so i'm for may and june i opened up a bunch of spaces for cycle mapping intensives which are three hour one-on-one -one, one-time sessions where we map out all of your inner seasons whether you are experienced in cyclical living or not this is new we map them all out for you so you can understand how to embody your inner seasons in your day-to-day -day life so we make it very tangible for you a lot of times 
we read all this information and we're like, okay, that kind of applies. This doesn't feel right. We really sink down into actually what does your inner what does your cycle look like and how can you find balance in it? If you own a business, how can you work with it in your business? We make it very tangible and creative and visible for you so that you can understand how to work with it in a very practical way in your day-to-day -day life because your cycle is as unique as your fingerprint. It's going to look so different from the next person. So we find what that is for you and spots just opened up. So if you're interested, send me a DM and we'll talk about it and we'll get you scheduled if you feel called to map out your cycle and learn how to practically engage with it in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, and I have free seasonal calls. So if you're curious about outer seasons and practices that can support you in that, if you're interested in going a little deeper into that and moving through some seasons with me, um, these are free 30-minute calls to just like talk about whatever is coming up for you. Um, even if it's like a specific like medical ailment, we can talk through that. I can give you some guidance into how to work with that with Western medicine too. So lots of stuff coming up. I hope this, this chat was helpful for you. Um, I'll be posting it to my IGTV series where you can find our other conversations. Lily and I have been talking every Friday. I think we have one more coming up. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. This was so amazing. And yeah, shoot us a DM whenever you're interested. Like, this is what we do to help you find those practices that feel good for you and give you options to play and explore with. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're here. We love you guys so much. Yay. All right. Bye. Thank you for spending your time with us today. This podcast truly lights me up and I hope that it lit up your day with some inspiration too. If you are loving this episode, I invite you to head over to the show notes and sign up for my emailing list. Not only will you get a free cycle tracking guide, which is amazing and completely life-changing by the way, <laughs> but you will also get a new podcast episode delivered directly to your inbox every week so you don't miss any of the magic. I want to hear from you too. So what topics would you like us to cover this season? And what are you super excited about? This podcast is really about you and inspiring and empowering you in your life. So I want to know what you want to hear. I would love for you to come visit me over on my Instagram at Lilia, L-I-L-I-A underscore Gestin, G-E-S-T-S-O-N. And on my website, liliagestin.com. Let's connect and get to know each other. I'm sending you so much love in your day and I will see you on our next episode.